two trains. There are always and only two trains running. There is life and there is death. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Quote Slide and Motivation Podcast with William H. If you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. It helps us grow. You can email the podcast at quoteslightmotivation at gmail.com. Again, that's quoteslightmotivation at gmail.com. I was in Pittsburgh over the past week or so, and I had an opportunity to go see go see an August Wilson play called Two Trains Running. And it was a great uh, great play, great opportunity, great experience. I want to share a little bit about uh, just my thoughts from the play and, and just, you know, a little bit of background on August Wilson and, you know, what he's done and things like that. So August Wilson was an American playwright. He has been referred to as the theater's poet of black America. And he's best known for a series of 10 plays collectively called The Pittsburgh Cycle, which chronicles the experiences and heritage of the African-American community in the 20th century. So plays in this series include Fences, which there's a movie for that that uh, Denzel Washington produced. And then, of course, Piano Lesson. Also, there's a movie for that. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as well. There's a movie for that. But, you know, I just love August Wilson plays. I didn't really know much about August Wilson. He's actually from... Pittsburgh is from the same neighborhood I grew up in, um, the Hill District in Pittsburgh. And I didn't really know much about him when I was growing up. Um, I didn't really come to know about him or his work until really after I graduated college. I had heard about this series of 10 plays about, you know, black people in the, in the 20th century and, you know, how it spans the full from 1900 to 1990 um, each play spans a different, you know, deals with a different decade or takes place in a different decade and talks about uh, the African-American experience and some of the themes and things like that around, you know, just being black in America during those time periods. And so when I found out about that, I, I became interested. I started to read a little bit about, you know, read some of the plays. And whenever there was an opportunity, whenever the opportunity arose to to go see a play, while I was living in Pittsburgh, I would go see it. It would at least be once a year. There would be someone throwing, someone having um, some type of August Wilson play. There would be some theater that would be um, giving or performing the August one of the August Wilson plays. And I always looked at it as an opportunity to go. I always was excited about going. And every time I went, I was never disappointed. You know, I was always impressed and amazed by just the dialogue and you know the amount of information and the plight. And it kind of takes you back to a lot of times the ears, you know, to an era before I was born in most cases where, you know, you have black men, you know, struggling for freedom, struggling to find work, struggling to take care of their families and, you know, dealing with, um, you know, the stress of being black in America, trying to raise a family, trying to, to do the right thing. But, you know, being pulled by, you know, all the wrong things or being uh, pulled back quick money and things like that. And then you, you hear about other things like how 
you know, the black community had their own car service called Jitneys. And I knew about Jitneys anyway, growing up in Pittsburgh. We always had Jitneys. We all had Jit always had Jitney numbers. There's still Jitneys in Pittsburgh to this day. Before there were Ubers, there was Jitneys, right? People, um, they used to have a Jitney line on Center Avenue in Pittsburgh where, you know, you could just walk up to the Jitney line and get a car to wherever you wanted to go. If you want to go downtown to Oakland, wherever you need to go, you just walk up to the car and tell them where you're going. They tell you how much and, you know, they take you where you're going. Uh, but I just think it's a beautiful thing to have someone that's chronicling the the African-American experience, you know, and, and showing people who may not have lived it, you know, what life was like. And it's amazing to me how some of the themes and some of the things that are talked about in this play are still relevant today. A lot of the things that you hear these characters talk about in these plays, it sounds like they're talking about 2022. Um, as crazy as it sounds. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the play that I saw this last time was Two Trains Running. And I don't know that I'd ever seen that one. I've read all of the plays, all of the 10 plays um, that he written in this cycle, but I don't know that I've ever seen this one performed live. But just to give you a little background on the play, this play is set in 1969. It's the last year of the decade, which... Um, you know, if you know about anything about the 60s, the 60s are always talked about, are always referred to as the decade of assassinations, right? Because there were so many assassinations. You had J.F. Kennedy, you had his brother Robert, you had Malcolm X, you had Martin Luther King. Um, you had Malcolm, Malcolm X assassinated in 65, you had Martin Luther King assassinated in 68. And these are all, you know, powerful leaders, right? Powerful leaders that are pushing forward civil rights and things like that for, for black Americans. But after Dr. King's death, there were riots that erupted across the United States. I think it's over a hundred cities had riots after Martin Luther King was killed in, in 1968. And this play is taking place right after, you know, King has died. And, and this play is taking place, you know, right in that area around the time of, you know, the last major assassination with Dr. King. But the play takes place in a, a diner um, that is owned by the main character, Memphis, who has some pressure from the city to buy. They want to buy his property and basically tear down his building. But they're not offering. He doesn't feel like they're offering him enough money. And you have a, you know, another character. His name is Wes. He's an undertaker. And he's, he's coming to Memphis and saying he's, he's offering him a certain amount of money. He's saying, hey, if you don't want to sell it to the city, you can sell it to me. I'll buy from you. You know, I'll give you more than the city will give you. But Memphis is saying, no, you know, neither you, neither the city or, you know, um, the undertaker, Mr. West, neither you guys are offering me enough money. So unless I get $25,000 for my property, I'm not selling it. But then there's other characters as well that come, come in, into play in this diner. You have a character named Wolf, who is basically he's a number runner. Um, and I don't know, you know, when I was growing up, there was always number men. So these number men are people who would come around the neighborhood and they would get the numbers for the day. People who were, who were basically playing the lottery through these number men. They would come around, you know, to barbershops or to people's homes and ask them, hey, what do you want to play for the day? They take down the numbers, they give them a ticket and they get the money off of them. And so if the number hits, it's the number runners. Uh, it's these number men's responsibility to, you know, pay out to the people who have played the, the lottery through them, right? Because these people are playing the lottery through them as opposed to playing through, 
you know, a business or a gas station the way it is now. Back in the day, you know, they used to just do it through these number men. So and then there's also um, Sterling, another another character in the play is a guy named Sterling, who is young guys fresh out of jail. Um, he wants to he's looking for a job. He's trying to do the right thing, trying to stay out of trouble. He's looking to also, you know, he's looking to try to make a lot of money. He's trying to get married as well. And then you have Risa, who is the waitress that works at the diner. But it's just a powerful play. It's a, it's a powerful dialogue. Um, it's amazing how, you know, you, you sitting there and you're watching a play and you're like transfixed. You're, you're taken back to, you know, this era and this time. And one of the, the lines from the play that I loved was said by Memphis. He said, freedom is heavy. You got to put your shoulder into freedom. Put your shoulder to it and hope your back hold up. End quote. Uh, you hear that quote from you hear there that quote from Memphis. And he's talking about how difficult and how how there's a struggle for freedom and how heavy it is, how how much hard work you got to put in to be free. And as you read the play or you watch the play, you get to feel, you know, what he's talking about there, that struggle, how heavy freedom is. But, yeah, you know, August Wilson, who has passed away in 2005, they asked him, you know, to give his perspective on this play. And he, he said this quote here, the people of this play have loud voices and big hearts. They search, they falter, they continue. In the end, they are not overwhelmed. For here, there are warriors and saints. Here, there is a drumbeat fueled by the blood of Africa. And through it all, there are lessons, the wounds of history. Two trains. There are always and only two trains running. There is life and there is death. Each of us rides on both. To live life with dignity, to celebrate and accept responsibility for your presence in the world is all that can be asked of anyone, end quote. And I love that quote from August Wilson. There's always and only two trains running, life and death. We're trying to live, live life to the best of our abilities and because we, we don't know when death will come. We're trying to uh, do our best with what we have, trying to make the most of what we have. And, and trying to be positive influences on, on people we encounter. That's all you can do. If you haven't, I urge you to watch, you know, Fences or watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or watch uh, The Piano Lesson. Or read the other plays like Jitney, Joe Turner's Come and Gone, Seven Guitars, King Hitley II, Jim of the Ocean, and Radio Golf. I urge you to read these plays uh, just because of the history that's being shared there. And then, you know, you'll get something out of them. All of them have different themes. All of them have different insights and things like that. But if you uh, take the moment to, to read them with an open mind and open heart, I promise you, you'll get something out of them. So the reason why I originally became interested in August Wilson was because he was writing about my neighborhood, my neighborhood I grew up in. And then he's also chronicling He's chronicling a time before I was born, right? He's chronicling my neighborhood before I was born. Now, when I was growing up, you know, in the 80s and 90s and, you know, early 2000s, uh, there was always talk about the history of the hill and how, you know, the hill was once considered Little Harlem and how, you know, during the Great Migration, you know, the early 1900s, around 1918, there was you know, almost 40,000 black people that moved to Pittsburgh um, and lived in Pittsburgh, mostly in the Hill District. You know, most of them had moved from Alabama, Georgia, Virginia, North Carolina to um, 
you know, the Hill District for a better life. It was home to immigrants from 25 countries and a national center for African-American sports, journalism, theater and commerce. This is what the Hill District was. I mean, they had the uh, the Pittsburgh Crawfords, which is, you know, a Hill District team. You had the uh, Homestead Grays, which is also Homestead, another area in Pittsburgh. But, you know, there was a one of the first uh, stadiums in Pittsburgh, you know, was in was in the Hill District owned by Gus Greenlee uh, for the Negro Leagues was in the Hill District, in the Pittsburgh Hill District, where Chauncey, Bedford and Chauncey is now. Uh, so there's always been a sense of history, um, you know, the great legacy of what the Hill was um, and kind of how, how the tide has, has turned with, uh, you know, the riots, like I mentioned before, the riots of, um, the the riots as a result of King's assassination, along with um, urban redevelopment, right, which happened throughout the nation where you had um, a lot of our black communities, a lot of our powerful black neighborhoods were demolished for urban redevelopment. Um, the Lower Hill District was demolished and they built the Civic Arena, which, you know, was home to the Pittsburgh Penguins and, you know, also a concert venue. But they tore down lower hill district to build that venue up and you know um as a result of that they kind of displaced all those residents and um it had a negative effect on the community uh but i say all this to say you know anytime i get the opportunity to learn something new about where i come from and you know the people who have also had a similar path to me um but have done something positive as a result of you know some of the challenges and things that they face i'm always going to be open to to learning that um, I think one of the first plays that I saw of August Wilson's was Radio Golf. This is like probably in 2008 or 2009, something like that. They had Radio Golf production um, at the Pittsburgh Theater, downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, but, you know, seeing that play, um, and this is probably before I had read any of his plays or read all of his plays, but just seeing that play, I was pulled in. I was like, you know, I got to read up more. I got to. I got to read all his plays. I got to, you know, as much knowledge as I could get about August Wilson. I was into it. Um, I was looking for it. I was searching it out. Um, and even today, you know, I kind of go back and reread some of the plays every now and then because every time you read, it's like when you read something over and over again, every time you read it, you get something else out of it. Um, whenever you have an opportunity to, to learn something positive about where you come from or to learn about people who had a similar experience to you, um, but overcame their experiences. I urge you to take that opportunity to read and learn as much as you can, uh, because anytime you can get some positive energy in your life, something to motivate you, something to, to keep you going, uh, you need to take advantage of that. But yeah, I'm an advocate of plays. I'm an advocate of August Wilson plays. I'm an advocate of black history, of, of knowing your history, of learning your history, of sharing your history, of, of providing the youth with knowledge of their history. Um, and then also, you know, like I said, the themes in this play, this this two trains running play, you know, you have a you hear a lot about in a lot of these plays, you're hearing about entrepreneurship, right? We're talking about jitneys, you know, this car service. This is entrepreneurship at its finest. You have people who owning cars and they're taking people and they're driving people around as opposed to working regular nine to five jobs. They're, these are their jobs. They're car servicemen. You have number runners. You have people who own their real estate, who own properties, right? Who own businesses. You know, there was a time in the Hill District where there were bars and businesses and things up and down the street owned by black people, right? 
Um, and it's just, you know, it takes you back to that time, these, these type of plays and these opportunities. Um, and there's no doubt that we could get back there where we can have, you know, black owned business. That's the, one of the things that I love about Atlanta, right, is that, you know, you go out and you see black people who are doing things, right, who are owning businesses, who own their own properties, who um, are putting together things for the community, who are trying to uplift and uh, give opportunities for people to grow. And that's what life is about, man. If you're if you're not growing, then what are you doing? If you if you're content with just going through the same routine, you know, then what are you doing? You should always be open to growing, open to having your perspective change, open to hearing other perspectives, and open to listening uh, to to people, and open to empathizing with people and, and their plight and what they've been through. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to share that this information with you guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, feel free to reach out to me at quotes like motivation at gmail.com. Please leave a review for the podcast, leave a positive review on iTunes or Apple iTunes. It helps us grow and y'all have a good week. <laughs>